mean, you got, you got brothers? Yeah, I probably don't. Happen. Do you anticipate, do you know if anybody is going to talk with Byron or, or Todd? No, I don't know. I mean, none of the paperwork's been put in yet. You know, they have to go through through channels and uh, I welcome it if it is. We stay on the same path as far as the communication that, that we have with George, Ted, Ryan, and myself. Nothing's changed there. And every year you're always aware of the situation of your team and players, coaches, all of that stuff. And we're continuing to, to move forward this week and prepare for the Giants. And I and we all owe that to each other for today and for this week with the Giants and finishing out this week on a high note, trying to get a win and then doing it again in the final game of the season. So nothing has changed as far as communication that way. Bishy, Bishy. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. All right, we need to play some Rich Passaccia audio again. Jared played it last hour, but Derek Carr is hurt, right? He's not injured. I doubt he's going to miss any time, but Derek Carr is hurt. He's not at 100%. And Rich Passaccia yesterday gave an explanation of what they know about Derek Carr's injury. Well, yeah, what I what I got from Chris today is I think he had um, he didn't cough. He, when he was coughed, he felt like he was bothering a little bit. So what they ended up finding out was a rib. And uh, as of today, he, he's been fine. You know, he's been cleared to practice and, and all those things. So it, I know it came out as a chest contusion early. I think from talking to those guys today, it's a little bit more of a rib. Um, got banged in the rib and kind of he felt like he struggled to cough a little bit. And so we told him not to cough. And uh, hopefully he'll, um, <laughs> he'll be better as we go. But as of right now, he, he's good to go. <laughs> Do you know how much I love we told him not uh, to cough? Is a sprained ankle. He... We told him not to walk. <laughs> well, but also... No, it wouldn't even be not to walk because walking's normal. That, that would be saying we told him not to breathe. This is like yeah. we told him not to jump rope. <laughs> like, what? Why is he going around coughing? Well, okay, here's the thing. You tell him not to cough. You don't exactly choose to cough. No. It's, unless Derek Carr's out here just being like, cough, cough. I get it. But like, like a cough, is just, it just happens. Like just suddenly you have to cough. Right. And like, what is he, swall- like trying to swallow his coughs? It's me I furiously mean... waving at poor Jared to please put the cough button on because I'm about to cough. We don't again. have a cough button. I just turn oh, off you your just mic. Turn, you just turn off the mic. <laughs> like because, we don't uh, have a We do. We have a button. No, no. There is a physical a button. cough button. I'm looking at it. It doesn't, it doesn't work. light up. It doesn't, it doesn't I mean, work. It doesn't, it doesn't I, light Okay, up. well, I'm looking at the back of it. It's not plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Why it doesn't work? So Derek Carr has a rib injury, and his treatment plan is to, hey, man, cut that coughing out. <laughs> so how – you were talking about this yesterday, and I know that you want to move on, but how is he always simultaneously hurt but playing? Right. I don't know if it means he has a high pain tolerance or a low pain tolerance, right? Like, does or he have... scared to death Mariota's going to come in? Well, right. Or do but like, something. But, like, he might have, like, as he suffered, like, last year was the groin. This right. year, this is now the second he thing. He broke his back and yeah. came back two games later. Right. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards he has a high pain tolerance, mm-hmm. that he has suffered some injuries that other guys would, like, last year his groin injury wouldn't have come back from. Jay Cutler didn't come back yeah. in the second half of a playoff game and had a lower grade groin injury. But there's also the slight chance that he's got a low pain tolerance and all of these are just like nothings that are a big deal to Derek Carr. I don't know. But yes, he's very good at like, hey, this hurts a lot, but I'm staying in the Well, game. he walked off what he had the hand when he went into the tent. And then, then he and then he realized Peterman was warming up. He said, hand feels good. Hand feels good. I'm fine. So here's my question. For a genuine question for the Raiders. 
Derek Carr is not 100%. Would they be better with a 100% Marcus Mariota? Uh, Granted, the caveat right now, Mariota's on the COVID. Right. So Mariota can't play if they had to play right now. But potentially Mariota's able to come back for Sunday. But if I told... is 50% Derek Carr is 75% oh, 50%. Derek Carr. I thought you were going to say, okay, I think 75% I would play Carr. You would play Carr. I would play Carr yeah. okay. over 75%. Because you keep going down a percentage, I might change my mind. 50% is like, that. that's a lot. No, yeah, that's a, that's I, a I'd lot. play Peterman over yeah, exactly. 50% Carr. Because yeah. here's the interesting with Carr. Like this year, almost enough as it is. He's <laughs> 11th among quarterbacks in pro football focus, he's 10th in DVOA. The offense as a whole is 18th in DVOA, and they've scored the 17th most points, which tells us kind of what we knew about Carr coming in. He's somewhere in that 8 to 14 quarterbacks. He's not great. He's not bad. He's above average. And the offense this year, because the offensive line isn't any good, because they've lost their pass catching weapons and they have no run game, the offense has been slightly below average, despite having an above average quarterback. So Carr is good, not great. The thing with Mariota, though, is Marcus Mariota is not a bad NFL quarterback. He's a perfectly fine not NFL quarterback. Right. So, like, again, I don't know what that percentage is, but I do think there's a legitimate conversation to have, depending on how hurt Derek Carr is, that at some point, Mariota is going to be more well, effective than a hurt Derek Carr. I would have changed my mind. I think, Jared, too, I would have changed my mind at 50%. Right. If he's fifty percent, I'd play Mariota and hope for the best. Now, I think I think seventy five percent is probably my line of yeah. demarcation. I think seventy five percent. I would. Play I Derek also, I would be fascinated to see if they do it, which they probably won't. They'll probably stick with the same plays that they would have Derek Carr run. But if you bring in Mariota and you basically run, I'm not saying a wildcat, but like a read option offense, I think you might actually upset the Colts. Like I think, really? I think you would control the clock, which is their whole game. So it would—it's not going to be a fun game to watch, right? Unless, like you know, somebody rips Mar- Mariota rips off an eighty-yard run or something. But it'll be fourteen ten, and that's that's I think that's your key to victory. So here's the other problem with Derek Carr: seven of the last eight games, they've scored seventeen points right. or less. Like. Oh, they do that this week. They have no chance. Well, okay, but two of those were against the Chiefs. One of those was against the Chiefs. Okay. Derek Carr and this offense have not been good. Like, the idea that a hurt Derek Carr is a guaranteed play over Marcus Mariota to me, what have we seen from this offense? And again, eight games. Eight games. We're talking about two months here worth of games where the offense has been bad. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that you wouldn't consider Mariota if cars banged up, I think is foolish. Like, I think there's a point where you absolutely go to Derek Carr, and if Carr's 75%, I'm playing Mariota. Really? This isn't Ian Book. This isn't... No, it's not Ian This Book. isn't no. Taysom Hill. This is a guy who's won playoff games. Yeah, he's won playoff games. He's, he's won more playoff games than Derek Carr. Yes. Like, yeah. if Carr's... To me, like, and again, you don't... The percentage thing is... He threw a pass is, to himself. <laughs> the percentage thing is kind of a pointless conversation because it's not like... It's not a video game where they have a little stamina bar. But no, like, exactly, exactly. If cars it's all it, different for everybody. If cars below 90%, I'm playing Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Like, again, he's a fine NFL quarterback. But, cars above average, but the offense has sucked for two months. Like, it's... You, you put Mariota in, what are you going to do? Score 13 points instead of 14? Like... You can't get that much worse with Mariota in the game. 
this is a question I have for you, Ed, because you're around the team way more often. But does does Carr have the autonomy to basically go? No, I'm playing. I think he does, especially now without Gruden. I think he does. Yeah. I think he says I'm playing, and he they did say it last okay. Year. Yeah, I think yeah. He did it last year. <laughs> I think Jared. I, I I think absolutely he has the autonomy to go in there and say unless look. Unless if he's cleared by the doctors. Yeah, he's cleared Versace by the doctors, exactly. If the doctors yeah. say no and he's got a broken wrist or something, no, he's not going to say I'm playing. he also, as we've talked about literally like four minutes ago, he might tell the doctors, nope, that doesn't hurt, while he's in writhing pain because he's a f- not afraid, but he's like, I- I'm going to go out there and play. I mean, they know better, right? Well, but that's I'm the not thing. So sure. Have you never have you never been I to mean, a, a doctor? Okay. From what Rich Passaccia said, Derek Carr told them he was in pain when he was coughing. Well, I, uh, yeah. So, so I'm. So oh no, I'm, but it's not that kind of pain. I'm good. <laughs> like I'm under the impression Derek Carr is being somewhat close to truthful if he's saying, "Hey guys, it hurts when I cough." <laughs> well, and he also said after the game, "I don't lie to you. I don't feel good. Right? Like my body and, doesn't feel good. And that, like not feeling good." But it's good also is, week sixteen right, of an NFL season. Something. No quarterback is saying, "Yeah, my body feels great. Right. I'm fine." That, I think that's well, expected. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Because he took his horse pills. <laughs> <laughs> is his toe still okay? He got like the, stepped on. Is or there is, and... is there like hoof medicine that he could be taking? It's good. Yeah, I think he could nail a horseshoe to the bottom of his foot. Would that work? So in your mind, He's there's gonna win just the no MVP. There's no, and you're right because they are only scoring 17 a game. No translation to the whole thousand twenty touchdowns. Only four people have done it. That doesn't. That seems. No, I mean less and less. So the, the stat is they don't score. What is it? The last three years, the quarterbacks to throw for at least four thousand yards and twenty and touchdowns, touchdowns right. is Rogers, Brady, Mahomes, Mahomes and, and Carr. Carr. The problem with that, and I'll I'll have to look it up here. How many touchdowns have the other quarterbacks thrown? Because I'm almost certain right. they've all thrown oh. at least thirty, and if not more, 40. Mahomes. So like that that's been the problem. And again, we've talked about it all this year. Hell, Lamar Jackson fusing his rushing t- touchdowns. He might have fifty. Like the whole problem with the Raiders offense the last two years is they've been bad in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr effectively puts up empty yards. Right. They move that, down the that field. That was my point. Yeah. They yeah. move down the field, but then yeah, they don't to score right. touchdowns. And that's why the Raiders offensively, despite having a quarterback who yardage wise puts up so many yards, who outside of Tom Brady, nobody's had more passing yards, nobody's had more deep throws than Derek Carr this year, they don't score touchdowns. Right. And that's the problem. Like they kick. Field goals. And some of it's a little bit of it is coaching because they don't go for it on fourth and shorts under Gruden or Basaccia, right? They've been conservative. But a lot of that's Derek Carr and the offense because just don't get to fourth down. Right. Score a touchdown before fourth down when you're inside the 10 or whatever, and you don't have those decisions to make. So I think that's the big difference. Yeah, Carr's, again, he's an above average quarterback. They don't score touchdowns. And that's how you win football games. Right. So. Yeah, sure. He's going to throw for a lot of yards. Yes, he's been an above-average quarterback. You can come up with the stat that puts him right there with Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes. But he's not throwing enough touchdowns. And the Raiders, and listen, it'd be one thing if they were just running it in from the five every time. They're certainly not doing that no. because the run game has no. been worse. I genuinely thought whenever he goes, he he puts up empty yards and he gets them into the red zone. And, then, and that's why they extended Daniel Carlson. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I thought you finally solved the mystery of why you give the kicker an extension so they can keep having him do it. So like Derek Carr this year ranks. 12th. We know how we're built. He ranks 12th in the NFL in touchdown passes with 20. He is tied with Ben Roethlisberger and Taylor Heineke. 
Brady has thrown 17 more touchdowns than Derek Carr. Aaron Rodgers, who missed a game, has thrown 13 more Mahomes. than Derek Carr. Mahomes has thrown 13 more as well. And this has been a bad season for Patrick Mahomes right. by his standards. That's the issue is, yes, the yards are there, but he's thrown one more than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's thrown two more than Mac Jones. He's thrown less than five less than Carson Wentz, like 10 less than Kirk Cousins. Like that's the issue is Derek Carr doesn't get them into the end zone. A lot of yards there, but the Raiders simply do not score enough touchdowns. And that's why they have games where they're scoring 14 points. They're scoring 13 points. It's been a miracle. They've won the last two. The defense has been phenomenal. Granted, Nick Mullins drew lock, but the defense has been phenomenal the last two weeks. And they've been able to win games without Derek Carr doing much of anything. I mean, a couple of good drives and they've won two games and that's pretty much it. So yeah, I, he's a good, he's an above average quarterback to go back to the main question. If he's like below 90%, you'd go Mariota. I'd go Mariota. What's like, I don't I, think they would. I know Gruden's not here anymore, but like they, well, they just talk to him every day. They do. They paid Mariota a lot of money. He's been around this team for two seasons now. What's the point of that entire signing? If when your quarterback is hurt, you're not going to go to the guy who's a competent NFL right. starter. What like, and I, again, I know it's John Gruden did it and he's gone, but what's the whole point of Marcus Mariota? If, Oh, Derek Carr can't cough. What happens when he takes a hit? Oh, he's going to fumble. Yeah. We just saw that twice. Oh, we see that a lot. Right. Leads the league in that. And, uh, I don't know if uh, you guys know this, but uh, Joey Buck doesn't even have to touch him, apparently. No, he doesn't. <laughs> just have to pressure him. Get some pressure on him, and he's going to fold. All right, coming up next, let's get confusing with the Raiders' playoff scenarios. Bischoff's Briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's Briefs. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's Briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's Briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. Twenty minutes away. David Lee Roth tickets can be yours. Brad Powers is going to join us at 9.30 as well. I'm going to change what Bischoff's Briefs is about today. Oh, no. Yeah. You were just going to tell uh, us about playoff scenarios whatever. with the Raiders. I'll do that tomorrow. I, I, we didn't get to this story earlier in the show, and I wanted to get to it. But Central Michigan, they're pulling out of the Arizona Bowl, and they're going to play in the Sun Bowl. Now, huh? the, the backstory here, yes. The backstory here is... You already bought the tickets. Miami was going to play in the Sun Bowl against Washington State. Miami had to back out because of COVID issues. So Washington State and the Sun Bowl were just hanging around being like, Washington State wanted to play. Sun Bowl's like, all right, let's go find you somebody. Central Michigan was supposed to play Boise State in the Arizona Bowl. Boise State, COVID issues, backed out yesterday. So Central Michigan and Washington State don't have an opponent. They're supposed to play in separate bowls. Well, Central Michigan says, all right, we're going to leave the Arizona Bowl and we're going to go to the Sun Bowl and play Washington State. Now, a couple of fun details here. First off, if you're Central Michigan, you are going from playing Boise State, a Mountain West team, to playing a Power 5 opponent. Uh, the Sun Bowl is going to be broadcast on CBS. 
the Arizona Bowl was going to be broadcast by Barstool Sports. Yes, that was their bowl this year. Uh, on their own streaming platform or something like that. But probably more importantly, the payouts for yes. these bowl games. The Arizona Bowl pays out $350,000 to teams. The Sun Bowl pays out $4.55 million. <laughs> Good teams. decision. So Central Michigan said, uh, no, thank you, Arizona Bowl. We're going to go to a better bowl game on a better broadcasting platform and get paid millions of dollars rather than hundreds of thousands of dollars. An easy decision. And my only question is this. How much did the Sun Bowl have to pay the Arizona Bowl to steal their team? Because technically the Arizona Bowl had to release Central Michigan from their bowl game. I mean, did they have to pick up the three plus that they would have paid them? Maybe. What was it? Three fifty. Three fifty was the payout, but that's the payout from the Arizona Bowl right. to teams. Okay. Did they did did the Sun Bowl have to pay a million dollars to get Central Michigan on board? I mean, if you're the Sun Bowl, you'd pay it. I think so. You pay yeah. it immediately. You probably pay it and just say, "Hey, Central Michigan, we're giving you a million bucks less yeah. than we would have." And yeah. Central Michigan says, "Okay, yeah, we're still getting a million more dollars than more, we would have. Still getting three million more." Yeah. So I'm just curious how much that is because that's a. It's not something we've ever seen before. The idea that you could basically pick a team from another bowl game, just say, "Yeah, we'll take that one away." Right. Normally, those things are locked in, and you don't want the other teams. Uh, other team from a bowl game but in this scenario you absolutely do so central michigan and washington state will be the sun bowl i also find it very fascinating that the sun bowl pays out four and a half million dollars this isn't and that's on cbs this isn't the sugar bowl no like the and and it was going to be washington state it still is washington state in this bowl game this isn't like some prestigious bowl game. They're paying out four plus million dollars to each. Yeah, yeah. What's like? What's happening there? How's that bowl game making so much money? Are we waiting for the Washington State kids to say we're totally disrespected and we're the underdog in this game? <laughs> it's Central Michigan, who has no prep time and has no idea about anything about Washington State, is flying across the country. It's like, you know what? We're really the underdog here. These guys, they've already been preparing for a bowl. It's an easy switch over with the scout. We'll be, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at a hard game. Central here. Michigan, a directional school with no direction. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Central's a direction. <laughs> Get to the middle, Jared. The middle of the state. Well, if it were middle Michigan, I actually would think, well, no, that, that that's a swack school. <laughs> middle Michigan. Central Michigan. Yeah, middle Michigan would be a fun, would be a fun name. But, yeah, there is your bowl game update. And, listen. 38 games now, by the way. Really? Down to 38. Oh, down, okay, down to I know that because my bowl pool update just became over the email, and the guy running it says, oh, don't man. worry, everyone that's canceled, we're just going to X out and red, and it never existed. I mean, yeah, your bowl thing, has that already been decided? Like that's No, but it's getting close. There's, got, there's not many games left <laughs> at this it's point. It's the first time in the history of my bowl pool that will be decided before New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me someone had Nevada. A lot of people had Nevada. A lot of people in Nevada. Yeah. When when was the last time you could change it? Before the first bowl game play was played? Yeah, you can't once once the first game's closed. But Norvell so, was already gone. First game it's already closed. And so was Carson Strong, right? Right. They I were don't both know gone. if many people because I didn't know yesterday, you had to tell me. I don't know if many people knew he opted out. That Carson Strong wasn't yes, playing? They knew Norval, but if okay. they thought he was playing, that's probably why people picked Nevada. I guess. I it didn't just, work out, by the way. Was, yeah. Ian Book was the quarterback for <laughs> Reno. <laughs> 
Hey, don't disrespect Nate Cox. <laughs> yes. Yeah, guy, actually, I think didn't Nate Cox have a better day? Than probably he did. Was? He probably did. Nate Cox is ready to come here next yeah. year to Allegiant. How come? So there's a Central Michigan, a Western Michigan. Is an Eastern Michigan? How come there's not a Northern and a Southern Michigan? I think they stopped at three. <laughs> Like, they said okay. this is enough we, directions. We have enough directions, and we're not really going to need another well, I one. I think northern Michigan is technically South Canada. That's, well, yeah, but put them in. Put them in. That's fine. Um, what's what? It's Illinois. Illinois has eastern Illinois, western, western Illinois. Western Illinois. Is there a southern and, Illinois. And northern Illinois. And so, oh, so yeah, they yeah, go they, north they, and south. They did, they did yeah. it all. So they, yeah, I'm so, pretty sure my... my I'm pretty sure my grandfather played for uh, three of those teams. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. Back right. in the 40s, if you are, no, back in the 30s, you basically, if you were a college athlete, that was, you were getting paid by the school to run up the score. <laughs> so Illinois is much better at the directions than, than Michigan. Yes, absolutely. Because Michigan, Central Michigan was like, where are we? Well, we're in the middle of Michigan, so let's call ourselves Central Michigan. Come on. Could have done better than that, right? I don't know. They seem pretty smart. They just made $3 I million dollars in I guess. Like 10 Well, minutes. now they're smart. <laughs> now- but the people so, who named it, I'm, I'm with Jared here. We could have done better than Central Michigan. Okay, so I lived in a town for a while that was the home of Southwest Missouri State, and there was a Northwest Missouri State, a Northeast Missouri State, and I they find my cousin went to Southeast Missouri. State. Yep, they're yeah. that like they like they did it where it was two directions. <laughs> yeah, and the one that the finally one school went. Wait, there's there's no Missouri State. <laughs> they you just, guys did all the directions. They changed their name, and all the other schools were like, "Oh, bleep you!" Wait, wait, which one? Which one changed to Southwest Missouri State? Missouri State that's that's changed, a pro move. Changed their name to Missouri State, and it was just like a the main one. Bleep you! That's a pro move. Yes. that's a great move a great by move. Southwest Missouri State. To, oh man, that is very good. So Missouri decided to go double directions. Yeah, Illinois just took Illinois all four. did the four normal and Michigan ones. completely and fell Michigan off the did map. two and then was like you know central sounds nice yes right in the middle <laughs> and I assume all of these teams have beaten UNLV probably yes there was a five year tradition of well you can't it's not a UNLV basketball season oh. until they get beat by at, a bi-directional school I was at Central Michigan Tony Sanchez played football them. team lost to Central Arkansas too. <laughs> So Arkansas decided. I Did they think, lose to Central Arkansas twice? Yeah, yeah, it was a home and home. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was that was the game their coach came back for the first time and they lost. Yeah, uh, Arkansas doesn't have any of the directions though, right? No, they have Arkansas, Arkansas State, and Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas. Yeah. No, no, you know we lost Arkansas State twice. They lost Arkansas oh, State. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When the coach came back after his wife. Yeah. Yes. Confusing yeah. my Arkansas yeah. schools here, but there's no North or South or East Arkansas, right? I, I mean, so. I think all Man, there's a middle Tennessee. What th- is up with these? I think states? technically I all of Arkansas is south. I mean, yeah. was it Detroit? Where did I fly? Because Tony Sanchez played at Central Michigan. Dude, parts of Arkansas's highways are sponsored by the KKK. <laughs> but, the, but there's a you were saying Central Michigan. There's a middle middle Tennessee. Yes, yeah, middle, middle Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. state. That's what I'm saying. That is better than Central. I agree. That that is 100 yes. percent better middle? than Central. Yeah, middle yes. Tennessee state. Yeah. It's much better. All right, coming up next. <laughs> what did we just do? I don't know, but Brad Powers can probably tell us which of the directional schools would be favored the most against the other ones. I should have known. She didn't like me. I don't think anybody likes you. Jared, if you put your hands up like that again, we're getting a new producer. I like me. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff.
Joining us now is Brad Powers. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Brad Powers 7. Brad, why are you picking a fight with the Reddit Twitter account on Twitter today? Oh, yeah, I just tweeted that. Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously I try to, you know, put some realistic expectations when people, you know, want to make uh, hot takes. And, you know, Ohio State it was the tweet that they're basically in the same situation as what Florida was a year ago when the Gators lost by 35 to Oklahoma. Uh, in a meaningless, uh, obviously, New Year's Six Bowl game. I get it, Ohio State had a bunch of players opt out, but uh, it's not virtually an identical situation. Ohio State's so favored over Utah. I mean, the Florida game switched like 10 points where Oklahoma became a significant favorite. All right. We were talking last segment about why there are so many directional schools in, like, the Midwest area. Which directional school is the best at football? Like Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, like which one of these is the best at football? Oh, wow. I mean, in my power ratings, you know, Western Michigan, I thought was the best team in the MAC when it was all said and done. I mean, they were favored, believe it or not, in every game but two, that being Michigan and Pittsburgh. Last I checked, both of those two teams were pretty good, and they beat Pitt. So I'll go with Western Michigan right now. Has it been a nightmare trying to handicap this stuff with the COVID? Do you just wait and, you know, refresh Twitter to see which games are actually going to go on? Uh, I wouldn't say a nightmare, you know, more of, you know, an inconvenience. Uh, Hopefully that doesn't take, doesn't get taken out of context, but uh, I like it because I mean, there's, you know, obviously if you're looking at a computer screen and you get personal information, then there's a significant amount of value, whether it's, you know, the NFL, college football, whatever. I mean, uh, you can get in front of some big-time line moves, and anytime that can be the case, I mean, uh, you hope to win those, and statistically speaking, you're going to win those more often than not. What's the biggest line move you've gotten in front of? It was yesterday. It was Western Michigan. Uh, maybe that's why I also answered Western Michigan to your last <laughs> question, because I bet them plus seven. Plus and they, seven. Oh. <laughs> and they closed a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and it didn't matter. Whatever line you got, you you won comfortably, so... There's not, there's probably, I can count on my hand, uh, you know, the times I get two touchdowns uh, in, in a college football season. All right. Alabama linebacker Will Anderson. We're the underdogs. All year we've been disrespected. Now we hear this every year from some knucklehead on the best team who comes out and says this. Uh, they're not the underdogs, but, and I'm sure you've done, uh, you know, your research and, and your, your power ratings. Uh, is Cincinnati at all in this thing? No, I bet Alabama. And I'm a little surprised that the line hasn't gotten to 14. Maybe we'll get there eventually uh, as we get closer to kickoff. But as soon as the line came out, Alabama 13, I bet it, thinking that it would at least go to 14. I just, you know, when you look at, at Saban's bowl record, he actually does better uh, in, in, in these first games when he's got a little bit extra time to prep uh, in the playoffs for the semifinals as compared to the championship games. So, I mean, obviously, they're locked in. I mean, it wasn't just Will Anderson. You heard Bryce Young at the Heisman podium talk about being disrespected and being an underdog, even though he was a five-star recruit, number one player in the country, got paid a million dollars, and he felt like he was the underdog. So, I mean, kudos for Saban for having, you know, getting his players in that mindset. I think they'll be locked in. And, I mean, the question you got to ask yourself, anybody betting the game, what Alabama team are we getting? Are we getting a team for the first 12 games of the regular season? Because, if so, then I'm gonna. I'm here to tell you, Cincinnati's got a shot, just like LSU did, Florida, Arkansas, a bunch of teams that kept Alabama close. But if we get anything near what Alabama did to Georgia, then I mean, it's going to be a three touchdown plus victory for the Crimson Tide. All right, how 
many players would Alabama need to be missing for <laughs> Cincinnati to be favored? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you got to start with Bryce Young. That would be one. That would move it, you know, well, probably six points because I'm not a big fan of uh, Alabama's backup. Uh, then probably <laughs> an additional eight to ten starters, so okay. ha- half their starting lineup plus the quarterback. Okay. That's not, that's uh. I th- I could that could happen. I mean, we're we're still a few days away. Yeah, he'd move it six uh, and a half points. It, 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 good luck with that happening. It's not. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't expect to see a lot of positive cases come out of Alabama. In fact, I mean, when you look at Alabama the last couple of years, I mean, the only guys that have tested positive in that program have been the coaching staff. Six and a half points for. G- I know he's great, and he won the Heisman. Man, that's a big jump. Well, I mean, uh, you just seen. I, I think Carson Strong was worth six and a half, seven points yeah. uh, to Nevada. And, and again, it's you know, it's the quality of your starting quarterback. And again, uh, Alabama to me doesn't have a really good backup. You know, it, it's not like the what it's not like their quarterback room from a couple of years ago when they had Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tagovailoa. They, they don't have that quarterback room right now. Uh, go to the other side for us, then Georgia, Michigan. I bet Georgia laid the seven. Uh, I know it's up to seven and a half. I'm going to still lean with Georgia there. Uh, I know maybe I, I sound a little bit square taking the favorites here, but to me, I think you get the Georgia. Georgia needed a reset. Uh, I mean, I, I've seen it time and time again. They finally got punched in the mouth uh, they, 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 for the first time this season. They didn't know how to react. Now they'll have three, four weeks to react to that loss against Alabama. It's not one of my favorite bets that I made. Uh, I think it's going to come down to which team needs their quarterback the least believe it or not, because I think the team that can establish the run, it's going to be tough running on either defense, but the team that can establish the run and not have their quarterback have to make a bunch of plays is going to ultimately, you know, obviously I think Georgia wins, but ultimately that will also decide the point spread. What would you expect the line if it's Georgia-Alabama for the title? That's a great question. Uh, I would, uh, let's just say they both played expectation. In the semifinals, Georgia wins by about seven, Alabama by uh, I would say Georgia one or two, believe it or not. I know a lot of people think I'm crazy in that regard uh, because I think they'd want to bet Alabama because of what they just saw Alabama do to Georgia, but I'd still have Georgia as a slight favorite. Brad Powers here with us on the Press Box at Brad Powers 7 on the Press Box here, ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. That's a big reset. Big. Oh, big, you, big Brad, reset. you know you're the one disrespecting Will Anderson in Alabama now by saying Georgia would be favored. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, the headlines. <laughs> Maybe they are uh, the underdog. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the disrespect uh, I'm giving the Crimson Tide. I want to ask you something. We had a stat earlier in the show which almost seemed impossible, and I know you know Notre Dame's program really, really well. They are now the last 24 starts in the NFL by Notre Dame quarterbacks. They're 0-24. It's almost impossible, uh, unless we saw Ian Book last night, uh, to think that they would go 0-24. last one who won was Brady Quinn a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna go through that today. It's a project I wrote down. I'm I'm guessing they were probably the underdog in almost every single one of those games. So, so I mean, yeah, statistically speaking, it shouldn't have happened. But I mean, Deshaun Kaiser was the quarterback for a majority of them. And if you watch that Cleveland Browns team from three four years ago, uh, you, you could see why that Notre Dame is on that such a poor stretch. But it also speaks to you know, look, as a Notre Dame fan, I mean, one of my biggest criticisms of the last 10, 15 years has been the inability of Brian Kelly to sign an elite quarterback and develop an elite quarterback, and you're seeing that come to fruition at the next level. Do you have any confidence Marcus Freeman changes that? 
I think he'll be able to recruit one because I, you know, I'm not, I'm kind of 50-50 on whether he's going to work out or not. But one thing I am confident in, he's going to be a better recruiter than Brian Kelly. So I think the chances of at least Notre Dame signing a a better prospect out of high high school certainly went up with the hiring of Freeman. All right, Tyler and I will be on opposite ends of this one, but I do want to get your thoughts. Baylor, Mississippi. I'm on Ole Miss. Uh, Yeah, I bet Ole Miss. Uh, You know, I like that. uh, Obviously, the quarterback's going to play. Matt Corral and announced it early. Uh, I mean, normally I'd be a defensive guy before offense, but, I mean, that's changed in college football the last five, six years. I think a great offense beats a great defense. So, again, give me the Rebels there. Um, If Bryce Young is worth six points, how much would Matt Corral be worth if he was not playing in this game? Oh, wow. I mean, more than a touchdown. Uh, at least seven points, seven plus points, in my opinion. Is there is there any co- college quarterbacks this year you've been impressed with that think would be good at the NFL? Because it's the general consensus is it's a weak quarterback class for the draft next year. Yeah, I, I think it's a weak class. I mean, the guy I kind of like and I've liked for a couple years is Sam Howell from North Carolina. Not that I wouldn't take him in the top ten, but I, I think he would. He'd be my number one guy taken right now if I had to take one quarterback. Uh, but again, mid, mid mid to late first round. And then Matt Corral would certainly be in the mix, too. He won't be out this year, but have you seen enough Bryce Young to see how he translates? Yeah, I think certainly what helps him is we've seen guys like Kyler Murray, uh, you know, as far as that stature, uh, you know, shorter guy, but, you know, quick, quick twitch type athlete, uh, you know, excel at the next level. I think his chances at least in my mind, have certainly gone up. But, I mean, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, a guy that, you know, maybe if he's standing on a, on a phone book is six foot, uh, I would have said his chances of succeeding at the next level probably wouldn't be that great. But I've seen enough that, I mean, if he if he come out this year, Bryce Young would be the top, obviously the top quarterback taken. I mean, he'd be a top, you know, five pick. Well, he is Brad Powers. Again, make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Brad Powers 7 Jared, what do you got? Oh, no, I was just going to see how many uh, Van Halen songs could uh, Brad Powers name so that we could figure out what caller we need to take. I can name, you want me to list them right now? I can probably name four or five as well. All right. All right, so caller four or five. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Take Thanks, care, man. guys. <laughs> All right. Caller four or five. Call now. <laughs> uh, no. So put them together. Nine. Oh, nine. That's All right, right, 45. Uh, David Lee Roth tickets. I, didn't, I don't think that's really going to work. He'll be at the <laughs> House of Blues, and we've got a pair of tickets for you to go see David Lee Roth. We'll take caller number nine at 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100. You want a pair of tickets to go see David Lee Roth. And honestly, I mean, I think I've been, I've been fine. The conversation's been heavily on how I'm playing and what I'm doing, but I think people are expecting me to, to have... 25, 15 to 15, which that is not normal. You know, we need to, everybody has to understand like that's not like a normal thing that people do consistently. You're locked in the press box. Congrats to Terrence. Terrence won the David Lee Roth tickets. More tomorrow. Can't wait till tomorrow because we're really going to put Tyler, who had to step out early on the, uh, on the, uh, highlighted stage here and ask him many questions about David Lee Roth and songs and, what band he played for, and we're going to compare bands, and there's no chance he will answer one question correctly. No. I mean, well, there is, because I always try to set up the game, so the, you know, Van Halen or the Who, he's got a 50-50 shot, or is this, you know, 
David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar, he's got a 50-50 shot because otherwise we would, yes, we would be taking caller zero. Yes. And I don't, like, all right, well, I guess we're just not giving away the tickets because Tyler doesn't understand. He has a hot topic, like, credit card, but he doesn't, like, listen. He, he listens to, like, screamo music, but he has no eclectic. What is his favorite music, by the way? It's Screamo. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's uh, right. sort of, um, yeah, e- it's hard. It's kind of hard to describe. Um, it, it's, it almost sounds like pop punk, except until, until the chorus where they literally start wailing. And just start screaming? Yeah. I don't know if I'd like it. I We play a bunch of them as rejoins. You don't seem to mind it. <laughs> well, the fact that I don't know what it is. Are you more surprised at his... He's got a high level of intelligence before anything after like 2015. Like, well, you know, I mean, he recalled he didn't get the player right, but he recalled the Byron Leftwich getting yes, carried down the and field. We and we saw like, we we had that uh, like, tape, which was awesome, seeing him getting carried down the field. But it's, I mean, it's genuinely, he he's got really good recall for things that he cares about. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like for, for something that he doesn't care about, I assume. I assume he never misses his girlfriend's birthday, but if it's like... Oh, he better not do that. If it's... He might forget his own. <laughs> like, he, like, it's like one of those. Uh, Jared's dumb questions? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to play the full imaging, but um, ah. I put a link in the... I put a link in the rundown, and it's a story that I've been wanting to talk about since it, like, happened. Dion Sanders... Brought in an Instagram model to talk to his players about gold diggers. My and, gosh. Golf clap right there, standing O. And he, and he was like, it is part of my responsibility to educate these men on what, can, what goes on in the world. And I just genuinely am like, I, I mean, I, he understands the game better. I mean, I guess he, like, you know, he's, he's not just, you know, he's not just teaching you football. He's teaching no, you life. life lessons. Life lessons. <laughs> but it's just genuine. how to handle your money, what to spend money on, what to spend, what not to spend money on. The best part is when he got criticism for it, he basically went, "I wish I had her. Like I wish I had her in my ear when I was at Florida State. I'd be worth twenty million dollars more. I wish I would have had somebody that would be like, all right, here's who you need to look out for.' Right. And it's like, I I guess, and maybe I'm some sort of uh, like. I, I'm not going to say romantic, but I, like I have some sort of like naive notion that it's like, well, I understand that there are bad people out there. I didn't know that there was a whole profession well, of just like, I'm going to trick this guy into giving me money for like, th- that's just sounds like prostitution. Who criticized him? Because the people who criticized him would have done it if they thought about it. Like he's in those commercials with Saban. Could you see Saban? How about Saban behind closed doors? I, I, I bring in the Instagram model. If it meant that Saban gained some type of competitive advantage, then he'd bring in models every day. He wouldn't care. Well, but he would also. But it, you bring in the Instagram model to give to give a seminar on how to avoid being like, I guess, taking advantage. Yeah, taking advantage of it. It's like these are. I kind of hope. I kind of. Wish they would give this as a seminar to like all eighteen-year-old high schoolers, like the, both yeah. men and women. Like, hey, these are these are scams. This is called level marketing. Let let me explain it to you. If somebody comes by and be like, "Well, 
what the real money comes in is when you recruit 10 other people. Like, we need to, that's kind of one of those classes that, uh, you know, I, I love math. I love science. That would have been more useful yes. <laughs> as a college class or as a high school class of, all right, this is how you spot a catfish. <laughs> when they start going, I need gas money, can you send me an Amazon gift card? Yeah. Any uh, journalism you want to go over? Um, I just, I'm really curious about, I guess. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> well, I, I kind of, I wanted to get your opinion and we're, we're a little, this probably, this would be a better, probably a bigger segment, but like the Adam Schefter has basically kind of fallen off a cliff this year. And we've like, obviously he's an information broker. Absolutely. That's what he is. And it's what he does. Like we've seen in the past, Woj has had emails leaked where he is like threatened, like GMs, like, hey, I know this, so you better tell me. Otherwise, I'm going to get it from somebody else right. and say this about you. There's a scumminess to it that I'm just like, I like, do we need this? Isn't, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't I mean, Nixon. Like, we're no. like, you're trying to figure out if somebody has been sitting on a team yeah. meeting. I think that the, I mean, look, the culture has changed with the instant information, right? And I think these guys have gotten so big and so big in their heads that they believe they're bigger than even the GMs and the teams. And I guess, like Woj, I mean, wouldn't we make the argument he is? Yeah. I think he's bigger than any team he covers or any GM he covers because they want him. They want to make sure that he's the one breaking their story because he's got the followers. Uh, but I agree with you. Schefter, the things we've learned about these guys, he to journalists, it's scummy. I don't know if to the average person cares. They just want their information. They want to click on Twitter. They want to refresh their Twitter, and they want to see what Schefter or Woj says. Like, my kid loves Woj. Loves him. Uh, he follows him. You know, any kind of tweet he's running out to tell me because uh, I don't realize or I don't know what's happening. He goes, do you see what Woj said? Do you see what Woj said? So I think it's more people in our business that care about it. But when yeah. it comes down to people like my kid, he couldn't care less. He just wants to know what's happening with the Lakers and why they stink so bad. What's wrong with the king?